But yeah, what a fucking banger, man. I mean, that's definitely <laughs> my favorite off the single, which congratulations, yeah. by the way. Thank you. Um, that yes. really kind of just set the mood for, like, I guess the intensity that you guys wanted to bring out of that music. I mean, yeah. what was the inspiration behind most of that stuff? Because it just fueled me, dude, like, completely. What's weird about that specific song, it was, a, it was one of the first songs we wrote uh, together in a room where it was me and uh, Carlo and Donnie. And we wrote that during the Exposition 1 recording. So when we went to record Exposition 1, we showed up to Brian McTurnan's studio, and we had 12 days total with him. And he wanted us to go in and just write more songs because we came in with three songs, two of them which were demos, mm-hmm. that, that, that didn't make the cut because uh, he... It's not that he didn't like him. He just didn't think we had our sound yet. We hadn't figured out our sound. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, just go in that room and uh, just write for the next couple of days. And uh, he gave us uh, the keys to a studio, 24-hour access. Oh, he, wow. He like, gave me access to his computer, which was one of the first times a producer, or the first time a producer ever let me do that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, we wrote... Uh, the working title was Balto, but yeah, we were, we, uh, the greater cause was like one of the songs we wrote in that session. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so that's, what's cool about that specific one is that, cause then track two hurt the worst off of exhibition three was a instrumental demo that I had written, uh, two years, like two, almost three years ago now. Okay. Uh, and, uh, we used it cause Donnie wrote, when Donnie was doing pre-production for vocals, uh, for expedition for, for Nova, uh, just in general, he flew out to Long Island before we recorded anything with four song demos mm-hmm. and, uh, Queen space, which is the working title for hurt. The worst was one of those. So it's weird. I, uh, and then the last track off expedition three, we wrote like three hours before we had to record it. So, Oh wow! I'm and, sure Carlo liked that one. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, he he was a uh, we were all stressed out. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've had conversations where um, when we when my band goes into the studio as well uh, to record, like sometimes you change things last minute. Uh, John, yeah. our mutual friend John Howe, who works for Fearless Records, great fucking yeah. dude. I love that guy. Um, which, by the way, thanks for coming on. Thanks for taking the time. This is fucking sick, man. Um, <laughs> I can't wait to see you guys when this quarantine is done over with. Um, yeah. But back to what I was saying, uh, it's one of those things that, especially when I'm in the studio, I always find a little, like, feel that I want to change up, like, last minute, you know, once yeah. that record button starts going. So, I mean, were you guys, I mean, were you guys stressing that hard in the last song? Because the first two sound fantastic. So Well, we, we had a song that everybody else thought that we were going to record. And I guess it was my lack of communication that uh, did it. It, it was just not clear to them that I didn't want to do that song anymore mm-hmm. uh, for a couple reasons. Donnie wrote it uh, lyrically about uh, something that pertained to him, but also uh, heavily pertained to me that at that point I was like, mm, I'm not feeling this anymore. And then, uh, and then also instrumentally, I wasn't a big fan of it. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I don't want to do that song anymore. But I thought, I think they thought they were going to convince me once we got to the studio but I put my foot down and was like, dude, I really don't want to do this song anymore. I'm, uh, I, I, and I thought I had been pretty clear. So we, we just had to write another one okay. on the spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that's how 
the, the working title for that song is, was Maroon, which is what we still call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's uh, Float Up, Stay There. Now that's what's the last track on Expedition Three. I like the guy. I like the way how you guys are releasing these singles because I know Donnie's inhaled the sun, and I also know that you and so does everybody else viewing uh, that you've, you're in multiple projects, uh, yeah. not projects, but bands. You have Royal Coda, you have Stolas, you have uh, oh, um, Stolas isn't active anymore. That that okay. band broke up, but uh, but yeah. you've involved yourself with so many bands. It's one of those yeah. things that you know you're always doing something regardless. Whether it's with a past band that's obviously not together anymore, or yeah. you know, in the present, yeah. um, you guys like I love the PR marketing behind it because you guys released three singles called Exposition One, Two, and Three. Um, what was the, was that the intention going into creating uh, Nova Charisma, or um, how did that how did that happen? It happened because we couldn't decide on who to go to for a whole full length. Oh, okay. Uh, so it was actually an idea that. Uh, our label pitched. Uh, they were like, "Well, if you, it's not something we would have ever thought of because it's kind of expensive to not only fly around the country to three different studios and three different points in the country, but to work with three different producers for just a couple handful of songs. It was it was pricey, but the label was down for it, and uh, and so that's why because we didn't want to like mix and match and like because they're all different." sounds and each producer brought a different sound to and like i can listen maybe others don't necessarily do this but i can i'm close enough to it that i listen to it and go oh i this sounds like brian this sounds like mike watts this sounds like chris crumman mm-hmm. uh and uh so we didn't that's why we didn't want to put them all in, in in one collection of songs and so we're like let's just roll them out as a i wanted to use the word exposition and uh, let's just do one, two, and three for now. And everybody went for it. So that was cool. Yeah, and, it was pretty uh, cool. It's been fun because the we get to choose new artwork for each time. And it, I don't know. It's like a, it's it's encapsulating of the time that we spent at each specific studio. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, the quality uh, of the artistic like ideas behind each single of three songs. I mean, you can definitely tell there's a vibe. There's a... Not really this theme, but there's this like aurora that comes through each single because of the yeah. fact that's the way you guys are writing it. And I don't see a lot of bands or artists doing that in general. I mean, y- you know, it's always been the normal standard, like release a yeah. full-length album, have an acoustic track on there somewhere, have yeah. an interlude somewhere. Like that's just your regular routine. Yeah. But I like this approach. I really do. It's just one of those things that um, – like I said, I don't see a lot of. So I mean, I'm sure we're going to expect more. I mean, congratulations on the release. It was a Thank huge you. success. You guys were, I think, you guys sold out your first vinyl. Uh, yeah. yeah, and then the, the I, earlier we got a text message from the label saying that uh, the white vinyl, which is the second one we put up, is uh, well on its way to also selling out. So that's really cool. I don't know. And then it's happened with every exhibition. The one and two, the first one sold out. Less than 24 hours without anybody having heard any music. So that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just announced the band, which is something I was opposed to initially because uh, the people in our team were like, we should re- announce the band and in that same post announce that we have vinyl. And I was like, I don't know if I want to come out of the gate trying to sell somebody something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I went with it. I was like, let's just see what happens, I guess. And it worked. People mm-hmm. bought uh, I think we sold out a 500 vinyl without anybody actually having heard any music. 
Uh, <laughs> well, I so, mean, that is the product too. I mean, people love these hands-on things. It's not like you guys are releasing a bag or some kind of merchandise. Like you're releasing a physical copy yeah, or something that they enjoy. Right. So, but it, it still felt a little bit like I don't know. I I, it's just it's just still something I have, I'm still I'm always trying to get comfortable with is like the fact that we have to sell material goods to make a living. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it's I mean with vinyl it's cool because it's music so. It's the physical manifestation of, of uh, for me, a lot of things. The studio time, the travel, the, the just the music, everything. But So that's cool. At least it's vinyl. Did and, you guys already have a discussion about touring? I mean, I know the pandemic happened, so everybody's basically at standstill. But um, did you guys have that? Did you have that conversation? I'm sure you had the conversation at one point. Cause, yeah, you know, we actually had a tour we were going to announce. Uh, that was, was supposed to be in June. In July, we were going to do a full U.S. tour, which now is not looking like it happened. Yeah, um, but are you talking about initially? Yeah, just initially yourself, because I mean, you have Royal Coda and Nova Charisma that are active, so it's like yeah, I mean, we, we can I jump mean, back and forth. Touring is always a part; of, will always be a part of every active band that I play in, mm-hmm. uh, or at least playing shows. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it, right off the bat, we didn't uh, talk about it all that much but we knew exactly what we wanted if we were supposed to if we were to do a tour like and we did exactly that we got our friend joe to play keys carlo on drums which he wrote and recorded all those drums Mm -hmm. and uh halo sons guitar player eric garcia played bass for us because he's originally a bass player so he he plays bass and Noah charisma what we call the live group that's our live chat we have a uh, Nova Charisma live group chat where we are all in there and uh, send each other funny pictures. But yeah, <laughs> those group we chats initi- pretty Yeah, we we that's what we initially wanted was uh, we wanted we knew me and Donnie knew exactly the people we would want to try to recruit and uh, and and play shows with and we made it happen in December and in January, which is probably going to be the only show I I am to play this year was we played London in, on January seventeenth. Mm-hmm. Which is really cool. So, thanks uh, to Roy Belmont. He said Nova has become my favorite band. Yeah, uh, the other projects. That's awesome. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's just I don't know. It's just it's so different from the other bands that you've been performing with. I mean, with Will Coda, I mean you're hooking up with Will Swan and doing all that jazz. Um, yeah. Do you guys have any plans on releasing new music at all? Will Coda. Mm-hmm. Will Coda has a single that we were going to put out on the DGD tour we we're supposed to be on, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that tour got canceled and now we're not on that tour at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are, it's still up in the air, but we do have a single. It's, 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 uh, it's locked and loaded. So we're just waiting for the opportunity to put that thing out. I think but, this is just a personal thing. I kind of want to ask you because being in so many bands in New Jersey, like we basically swap around each other all the time. So like yeah. everybody's played with everybody in New Jersey, but like if you, if you could rate your, the bands that you've, not only Rin for, but have played shows with, or just overall in general. If you could rate them from your favorite to your least favorite, could you do that real quick? Like, um, rate them like uh, your like your favorite act to be in now is so then this. Um, then. I don't think I could because it each one taught it the one the ones in the past the ones are now uh, is it defunct. I guess is the word bands that just aren't active. The two main being CM Bar and Stolas mm-hmm. taught me a lot. They, they they taught me so much. 
Um, and uh, I don't know. There were, those were like, I think the hardest uh, times I had being in a band. I, I mean, I, I, not to say that I'm, I'm much further along than I, than I was at those two points um, being in CMR and Stolas, but uh, I've definitely come away from that. I, I don't know. I, I don't think I can rate, rate, rate them. <laughs> yeah. like, you have all I your still, kids. They're not, you know, you don't have yeah. a favorite kid. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's how I, yeah, that's a good analogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially Stolas because I, um, that thing really started with just us wanting to play music. CMR is kind of similar, but like Royal Coda was was put together in other ways that, that had more to do with the business side of things. Like, oh, I have this collection of songs I need someone to sing on. I'll hire Kurt. And then Kurt was like, let's tour. Um, and uh, so, I don't know. They were birthed in different ways, but CMR and Stolas really came from a point of it's just a couple people wanting to play music together. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's what it always feels like I'm just trying to get back to. It's just making music for the sake of making it and experiencing the fact that I I and my friends have this ability to make music. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah. What I like about that, though, is you guys all kind of write together and play shows and write music together. I mean, I've that's such a creative aspect in my mind. I mean – you collaborate with Will Swan from DGD and you actually, you know, co-wrote some of the songs, three songs in particular on uh, Afterburner, correct? I, uh, I, I wrote two and then I just played on one. So the other one, the, Nothing Shameful was already written completely. Mm-hmm. And the way it happened, the way that song uh, came to be was me, I flew into Sacramento because uh, I had to house at Will's house and uh, before he took off. And, uh, his haunted house. Uh, no, this is a different one. Oh, okay. It's, it's not haunted. Um, <laughs> and I had to house it for him, but before he left, he's like, Hey, he picked me up from the airport and we went to go eat. And then after we ate, he goes, Hey, I have to run to the studio really quick. Uh, do you mind coming with me? And I was like, no, I don't mind. And so we went to, uh, meet, hey, meet up with Tim who tracks a lot of the demos for DGD. Um, we went to his little studio and we just kept passing the guitar back and forth, writing different parts. So I did play all the parts on Nothing Shameful, mm-hmm. but I wrote, I don't know if I could even, maybe half or a little bit more than half of those guitar parts. Uh, but it, for the it, what was cool about that is just we, we would play something, he's like, I don't know what to do here. And then he'd grab, he'd hand me the guitar and I, I <laughs> would lay something down and then the next part would happen and I'd be like, I don't know what to do here. And I give the guitar back. And, uh, yeah, that was really cool. But the other two prisoner and, uh, uh, born to fail, which the working title, I always refer to them as their working titles, uh, which is moon coast, uh, was were ideas I've had for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually that song, um, uh, born to fail. I have demos of for one from around Stolas's time. And then at one point, me, Corey Lockwood from A Lot Like Birds and uh, Carlo were talking about starting a band. So we wrote a heavy song so we could give Corey to, to scream on. And uh, that's why it starts so heavy. Um, but then nothing came to be of that. So I just kept like moving it around, moving those ideas around. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that was a cool collaboration. I like. I mean, there was a bunch of features on the album, uh, including yeah. you. Um, I mean, that must have been an intention going into it because it's not so different. I mean, they definitely experimented a little bit. It's not as re- like I think Mothership was a, was a great album that kind of pushed through um, a lot of what they were working on, like around like one individual, not one individual sound, but like kind of like fed off from each other from song to song. But uh, Afterburner, it's cool that you guys had like a collaboration with all your everybody that's in that in that little clique. Like, you know what yeah, I mean? like that's cool. Yeah, the I've usual never seen smart. like it. Martin's on it, Zach's on it, uh, Andrew's on it. Um, yeah, it's cool, and I'm just uh, uh, happy and grateful to be a part of it. Did you? Yeah. Did you? Yeah, start, go ahead. No, did you start um, uh, working with them when you used to be their uh, guitar tech for DGD? Like, is that how the relationship built? Starting from yeah. There? Um, actually, I don't know if I went into it with because uh, Donnie and I have the Nova Charisma the first Nova Charisma podcast episode recorded. I don't think I went into it. No, I didn't. Um, but I maybe touched on it briefly that I, I met Will because I was, uh, on tour with Hale as their guitar t- or, uh, uh, as a fill-in guitar player. Mm-hmm. So Donnie, uh, asked me to fill in or sorry, Shane, I needed to fill in for Shane and uh, the tour was Dance, Cam, and Dance, A Lot Like Birds, I the Mighty, Hail the Sun, and The Orphan, the Poet. And I did half of that tour as a fill-in. And on the second day of that tour, Josh Benton, who was playing guitar at the time for Dance, Cam, and Dance, was like, hey, can you guitar tech for me? Like, can you just set up my gear, set up my amp and stuff? And I was like, sure. And then as the tour progressed, they, get, they started giving me more and more responsibilities. And then eventually I just was riding on the bus with them and uh and uh that's how i started talking to will a lot more and he had told me he really or he had been thinking about starting a label and, and uh he yeah that was basically your idea for the label right so that was wills with, that was wills oh, okay yeah yeah no that was not my idea at all. okay that was, that was will will had been talk talking about starting a record label for a long time apparently and had tried with other bands, but it was they were bands that weren't committed or like just weren't, uh, they weren't, uh, yeah, committed. I guess is a good word. They mm-hmm. weren't full time musicians, and uh, not to say Stolas was at that time, but we were a lot more hungry and uh, were willing to tour as much as possible. And so, as vice yeah. president of that label, like, do you, is that what you look for in bands when you sign them? Like bands that are hungry that have that full-time drive that uh that definitely helps yeah it helps a lot yeah um it's not all we look for uh but that it definitely definitely helps because um that just shows that they they care that's really that's really it it's like but it's hard to get somebody to care about your thing if you don't care Mm -hmm. so um I think that's what Will saw in me when he first met me. I, plus, I was 18, 18 or 19 at the oh, time. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, I was, I mean, I'm still hungry, and which is why I've been a part of so many projects. And mm-hmm. it just, it just kind of has transformed as the years went on. But uh, yeah, um, it definitely helps to, to really give a fuck about what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> like you're not doing it just to say, Hey, look, I'm yeah. signing a label. Look, you know, we're fucking cool now. And like, that's, it. it's like, you yeah. know, I put some more work into it, guy like yeah. or girl. Come on. Like, 
Yeah. It's not that it's not that crazy. Well, around that age, was that when you were basically um, either uh, finishing the Las Vegas uh, Performing Arts School? Is that basically when? And that was after. So I, I I finished high school, and I started touring almost immediately. Um, That's for a second. I, I did a, a semester of community college, but it, uh, God, even thinking back to those classes, I feel anxiety about how I felt about being in those classes because they weren't, I was just like, this is not where I'm supposed to be. Right. I gotta, I gotta get out of here. You already know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, um, I started touring as much as I could. That's why I took a lot of guitar teching gigs, uh, because it meant that I got to travel and, and go on the road, even if it meant that I wasn't actually on stage playing, uh, which I try not to do so much anymore. Mm-hmm. Although right now I'd fucking take it if this pandemic, if it meant that I could go on tour during this pandemic. Yeah. Uh, but if, if it wasn't happening. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Cause we had like a couple shows lined up and they were basically canceled cause they weren't tours. They weren't weekenders. They weren't guaranteed, you know, money gigs. So it was just one yeah. of those things that like, we'll just push it aside. And when this is done over with, we'll do another tour. But I mean, we, I do the tour horrors I've had. Holy shit. Like I, I remember I played a, like a weekender with an old metalcore band and like for whatever reason, my drum set just completely fell apart. Like my floor tom, the legs started to go, the cymbals started <laughs> to drop on the boom stands. I'm like, what the fuck? Like it was just one of those things that I've never seen anything like that. And like I don't think I've had any other horrible like tour stories. I th- yeah. like I, some people have like really serious nightmare situations, and thank God yeah. I haven't put myself into that. You you never had those, right? Besides the one time where that amp blew up that you were basically barring. Like it wasn't anything significant. However, um, I've had, I mean, I've had some pretty bad moments on stage. Uh, I had, a, I had one time a friend bought me a beer and then that beer was placed on my cab. And the way I set up my cabs and my head is I, I set up my road case with my head on top of it mm-hmm. next to the cab and, and someone put the beer on the cab and I went to go stand on it, and I knocked the beer straight into the into my head, and it just blew up right then and there. No, uh, yeah, and uh, and I just kicked my head. I like, I was so mad mm. that I just kicked my head. <laughs> I think I broke. I thought I broke it at the time because then, um, uh, yeah. yeah, you definitely broke it. That you kicked it. You know what I mean? Like I'm no, actually, it survived. Okay, I, good. I, what's, what's super weird, because I like stormed off stage to go find another amp. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I remember I remember exactly where it was. I remember exactly what venue, and I remember exactly what song we were playing. It was during a Stolas tour at Brick and Mortar in San Francisco. Um, it, on January fucking 12th, probably, of 2017. Um, I think. I don't know. And... Uh, I stormed off stage with the amp. It was during a song called Circuit Theory, and during that song, we would go into this long uh, jam. Mm-hmm. And, and luckily, it happened around that time, so the band just kept playing as I went to go look for another amp. And uh, thankfully, one of the bands uh, on on the bill let me borrow his his head, and uh, I finished the set. And, but yeah, and that. Um, yeah, that was bad. That was a bad time. Yeah, I just, hopefully it's, it's nothing as significant as like um, I don't know. Uh, what's her name? Uh, the SNL 
mishap where she oh, yeah. uh, was limp syncing and she basically so, got caught. Uh, uh, Ashley Simpson. Ashley Simpson. Yeah. Hopefully, it's nothing bad like that. But um, obviously, because we're musicians and we don't play it. I mean, ba- backtracks are normal. They yeah, are. They, they are. fill the void. They fill the void yeah. of like what the song is. So, I mean. Um, but with, with that, especially with vocals, I think they're, I think they're not unnecessary all the time, but if you have them, it's not the end of the world. I think that kind of enhances the performance because maybe it gives that vocalist a break considering the fact that, uh, some bands I don't think can have a guitar player or a bass player or a drummer. Yeah. I mean, Donnie could just do it all by himself. Dude, when I saw Donnie on Warped Tour 2016, he was still mm-hmm. drumming for him and singing. I'm like. Oh, yeah. They gotta find a drummer. This dude's probably exhausted. <laughs> they had Alan at that time, I think. Alan did Warped Tour with them at that time. Okay. So, but he played more of the set because now Donnie does maybe twenty five percent of the set on drums mm-hmm. uh, for Hale. Mm-hmm. But at that time, it was probably fifty fifty. So, but Alan was there. I remember him touring with them at that time. Mm. Did you ever go on Warped Tour? Was that ever something? No, you to? I I played one off Warped Tour shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never actually went on the tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was fun while it lasted. It's just one of those things. I was telling you earlier before we started the podcast, like I think Kevin just wanted to stop it because people just kept complaining. Like there was no community I, there. I, the community was lacking. So I heard he just he was happy to get to the twenty fifth year, and then mm. that was it. But I don't know the guy personally, so I don't. I'm not sure. We talked for a little bit. He uh, when we were on the tour for 2017, but the community is just not there, which is which is. It, it makes sense considering the fact that people don't want to like oh why is this band on stage like dude it doesn't matter like everybody's just here to have a good time like fuck it yeah. um yeah well so what was the longest you really toured for i mean i'm sure it was like a couple months with um um like, i've had long stretches uh dgd every most dgd tours i've ever done as a support band uh those are usually five to six weeks um there was there was a a period where Stolas was doing back-to-back touring. Like one time we did a tour with Let Live, had five days off, four or five days off, and then immediately went into a Dance Cam and Dance tour. Uh, we did a tour where we did our own headliner for five weeks, mm-hmm. had four days off, and then immediately went on a tour with Dance Cam and Dance uh, for uh, three weeks. Um, so, yeah, we... I used to be gone a lot more. Now it's, and yeah, and I, I like I'll look back on some of the tours we did. Like we did an Alan Maternal tour for Stolas's second record, mm-hmm. and that tour was was five weeks long. Um, yeah, it wasn't. It, it's not. Um, it's not that weird to have like a five week long tour, month long for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, the tour we were about to do that would have been done by now. That Dance Game Dance tour was six yeah. weeks. long. Incredible lot of two issues about yeah. my Royal Coda yeah, yeah. Animals Leaders. Jesus Christ, man. That was yeah. like the most progressive bill I've seen in a while. I I was, <laughs> and I'm, I'm a huge Animals as Leaders fan, so yeah. I was looking forward to not just being able to talk with those guys, but to just watch them every night. And, uh, and yeah, it was not to be, which is okay. Mm-hmm. I hope so. it happens, though. I think I, 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 it's one of those tours that I'm sure will be postponed and not canceled. Um, yeah, it will. Yeah. yeah. I just, well, we won't be on it. So, uh, really? It's Wolf, Wolf and Bear. Yeah. Wolf and Bear is, uh, is going to be on it. So, there's okay. one of five. Just scheduling conflicts. True. True, true, so. true. What do you think the next step is for you? I mean, you've done 
like you're already successing in you know releasing music with World Coda and as well as um, the Charisma. Um, you're touring. You're doing that. Like, what do you think? Like the next big um, thing is for you? Like, because I, I, you know, we're an underground band still, so we'll just mm-hmm. do Weekenders. Like, we're signed mm-hmm. to a small label, but we won't sacrifice going on tour. Like, we're not. We're not like there yet, but like the music is the music's nice to record and shit. But like, what do you think the next step is for you? You guys have so much going on. I feel like, you know, what's uh, next? I don't know. I and that and I like not knowing because yeah. I feel like if I knew, I would just I'd be bored of it already. I'm like, well, I know what's coming, so <laughs> yeah. I, I I feel like it should always stay a surprise um, because I joked. I kind of joked to myself. I didn't say this really to anybody that. I was like, maybe I should take a year off because I've been right out of high school. I started touring and traveling and, and recording and I haven't stopped. So maybe I should for a little bit. Maybe I should do just where I just don't do anything music related for it. I don't tour. I'll just do a year off. And because uh, my friend Corey, Corey Lockwood, mm-hmm. uh, Birds, Birds uh, yeah. he talked to me about that because he that's what he did. He stopped. He didn't tour for a while. He was dealing with some house stuff, but. Uh, he said it was one of the best things that he could have done for himself, which is to kind of take a break. And uh, now that's here for me. I got—I literally can't tour, even if I wanted to. Yeah. Like I've been—I've been in a situation where I'm bored as fuck, and I just—and I know friends of mine are touring, and I'll go and join them for a little bit, or I'll travel. I'll find a reason to travel because I can't sit still. <laughs> and, uh, now I'm literally immobile. Like I can't—I can't go on tour. I can't do the things I would normally do if I was feeling antsy to mm-hmm. just go and do something. So that's been uh, extremely beneficial for me. And uh, whether it seemed like it or not at first. Um, and so, I, yeah, I don't know what the next move is. Move, I don't know what the next move is because touring is gone for the foreseeable future. So mm-hmm. sure. uh, those are, tours have been the thing that helped me make the more pivotal moments in my music career like because I've, I've met people on the road uh and that's that's where things mostly happen that are significant so th- that's gone now mm-hmm. uh so i don't know i i really don't know and mm-hmm. uh and i think that that's okay I, I thought about getting into like recording like mixing and, and producing and shit did you ever think yeah. of that i don't know like i'm not that good I, at it but i i do some demos or whatever I, don't know. I do demos like that's why I have like this keyboard right here and I have my interface and uh, I can I do demos for everything mm-hmm. uh, like CM Bar, Stolas, uh, Rokota. I I recorded our demos are like rough song skeletons, but uh, nothing that I would ever put out myself. So mm-hmm. but I already do that and I'm I'm comfortable with that. Like I, I'd like to get as good as I can recording, but to become like a kind of a producer or some sort of uh, engineer, I don't think that's in my wheelhouse right now because I it's not something that I actively want to pursue. I just want to get good at recording my own demos. Mm-hmm. Um, what about lessons? I feel like I feel like lessons would be like I feel like you get a huge um, a huge clientele with if you did lessons like if you did one ones. Um, I did some couple years ago when I first kind of started picking up steam with blue swan and i did although i had a problem with having a lot of people take one lesson and it being mostly them asking me what it's like to work with will swan and johnny craig and kurt travis and all these other people that because living creatures had just come out Mm -hmm. so that's mostly what people were asking me and so 
and then they would just take one lesson and then I would, I would, we wouldn't progress into what I thought was like going to be the next, all right, we'll do this for the next lesson and et cetera, like just moving forward. Yeah. So, um, I've been hesitant to do that ever since because I wouldn't want that to happen again because that kind of feels like a, it feels like a cash grab. Even if it might not feel like to them, it's like, oh, they're paying to hang out with me mm-hmm. uh, for me to just talk at them and not really teach at them, teach them at anything. No, so, you're right. You're absolutely right. My mentor, um, he was a well-renowned musician back in his day when he was a studio musician for New York. Um, fortunately for him, his career was awesome uh, and, and successful, as well as his son. His son's Frank Iyer in My Chemical Romance. So when he would teach these lessons, he would get students like that all the time. Like they would like yeah. learn something and then they just bombard him for like 15, yeah. 20 minutes. And I'm not going to speak for him, but I'm sure he kind of felt the same way with you. It's like, I kind of just want to teach. Like I teach too a little bit. Like I have yeah. students. So, I mean, I don't have that, you know, background in me with, you know, uh, knowing certain people or whatever. Um, but it's, it's probably frustrating for sure. Cause like you just want to teach them and that's your passion. So it's like, come well, on, let's, let's get this lesson. There's that and not wanting to feel like I robbed someone out of money just yeah. because it's, it's easy to talk about that stuff. Mm-hmm. So if I'm getting paid for it. It just, I, I feel cheap. So mm-hmm. that's why I, I kind of didn't want to do it. Cause it's like, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a way to make money, but if it's just, uh, if it's not me teaching, and me learning how to be a better teacher, then it doesn't feel worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. I have, I've been thinking about it the more this quarantine and self-isolation has gone on. So, mm-hmm. uh, But I just haven't pulled the trigger on whether or not I should do lessons again. Yeah, that'd be cool for the people watching. I mean, hey, like he's considering it. Yeah. So <laughs> let's uh, – you know, keep your eyes and ears open. And you're 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 pretty you're pretty flexible on Instagram and social media, which is fucking cool. A lot of musicians don't take the time to do that. They just kind of release music and just chill. So you're very uh, yeah. engaged with everybody. I uh, like that. You're very personal. Well, it's fucking cool. I I wasn't until this the quarantine and the self isolation because mm-hmm. I I don't know. I'm I like I the more and more as I get older, the more I realize how how the uh, feeling more private is or having kind of like a private life feels mm-hmm. uh, it's a, nicer than feeling like I'm constantly pursuing to be more of a public figure, which was a part of my uh, initial, it's always a component to having a music career. It's like, how public am I going to become? Mm-hmm. Um, so, which is okay. It's not a bad thing to be a public figure, um, but I don't consider myself that at all. So I would, it would feel like I'd, I'd be more uncomfortable with it, but with mm-hmm. the with the quarantine and the self isolation, I was like, "Well, why not? Who cares? I'll go on live and talk to Donnie or talk to Carlo or play songs for people because that's mm-hmm. fun." And, uh, and uh, did they play people, Medusa? And you're like, "Yeah, sure. Let me try to." Yeah, that's bring cool. Yeah. Yeah, and then people message me and they're like, "Hey, I was having a shitty day, but I, your live stream made me feel better." And I'm like, "Cool, that's cool. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. glad I was able to do that." Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, that's what a lot of people look forward to and stuff. I'm um, going back to with your writing and everything. Um, like, it, it must have been, it must have took a while to kind of collaborate with uh, your musicians, like in your bands, like. Um, not in a, in a negative way, but in like a in a progressive, like positive, um, uh, like a like a positive momentum going forward. Like when you started working with Will Smith and Royal Coda, like was it 
was it very uh, not difficult, but was it kind of easier to get into it because you're you both kind of have been working together for a little bit, as well as like Royal Coda, but or uh, excuse me, Nova Charisma. Like, was it a different like how do you how do you share those experiences with um, other uh, artists in those bands? You know what I mean? Uh, like, yeah. Will has always been surprisingly comfortably or comfortable to to work and write with. I've never been intimidated by him. Um, I've ne- if anything, I've been more intimidated by Joe because he's such an incredible drummer. Um, mm-hmm. But that went away within the first year because we CMR started writing in April of 2013. So mm-hmm. uh, seven years now that me and Will have been collaborating, and, um, and so yeah, that that went away pretty fast. Um, and so with it's oh. Going from CMVAR into Royal Coda, it was very similar. And with Donnie, we just, for Nova Charisma, we brought in Carlo, who I've been in, like very comfortable with uh, for years, almost 10 years now, being playing music with him. And uh, yeah, so, but there was less cooks in the kitchen. Like we, me and, uh, while, Dick, while Carlo contributes uh, a ton to Nova Charisma, um, I can still feel that he like tries to give me and Donnie the rain because it's technically me and Donnie in the band. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're the two in the, in the photo shoots. We're the branded uh, Nova Charisma. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it just was less cooks in the kitchen, which is freeing, but also a little bit more pressure is on myself as an individual to make a, a decision mm-hmm. and then hope that decision is a smart creative decision. Do the producers kind of take, um, in, like, um, do they kind of throw in their two cents as well during those yeah. processes? That's cool. Brian, Brian did, and and we wrote a lot of the songs that ended up being recorded on Expedition 2 and Expedition 3 with Brian. So, like I mentioned earlier, Greater Cause was written at Brian's studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gemini, no, sorry. Um, Sonia, which is the last track off of Expedition 2, and Diary, which is the first one off Expedition 2, were written at Brian's studio. Mm-hmm. And then, aside from Lies Animals Tell, we wrote all of Expedition 1 at Brian's studio. And there were days where we would he'd leave us alone, we would write, and then he'd come in and ask us to play the song with him just sitting in a chair in the room with us, and then be like, that's cool, let's record it, and then listen back, and then uh, see what we want to manipulate and change. Um, and uh, so he had a big hand in it. So by the time we went into do Expedition 2 and 3, everything was more or less finalized. Although Crummit did, for that one song off Expedition, the last track off Expedition 3, uh, which we wrote three hours before we had to track it, hmm. um, Crummit came in and was like, all right, do this. Um, I like that. I, like, I don't like this. We should change this. And, um yeah, so the producers definitely have a hand in it. Just maybe I would say fifteen to twenty percent during the tracking process. Okay, uh, that's good. I was gonna say he's not restructuring anything, or he's just kind of giving like ideas to what. Yeah, no, yeah, notation changes. So like, let's change the bass note here because it creates more of a uh, uh, a nicer chord voicing. Mm-hmm. So, 
um, that kind of thing. But very, very minimal changes, nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. That's good. And I'm sure you like you you know that going into it as well. And but the, each each new yeah. Christmas single was a different producer. So you're yeah. still. Um, are you still looking for that one producer? Are you still? Or are you uh, just going to keep continuing this? Because it's it's cool regardless. I think it's I think it's artistically yeah. it's pretty smart. Like I think it's pretty yeah. genius. So I don't want to do. To be honest, I'd love to do the same thing again and just do. Because uh, it'd be so hard to just pick one person, especially after the process we just went through. I personally would love to do Exhibition four, five, and six, and do it in the same way, mm-hmm. but. Part of me is also like, well, I've already done that, so do something else, you, or or else you're not being creative. You're doing the same thing. True, uh, true. So, but I don't know. I have we haven't decided yet, uh, and uh, I'm actually we're supposed to. Me and Carla are supposed to write at some point today, um, but uh, yeah, we're still in the process of writing new songs. We really only have like two or three new songs for Nova Charisma right now, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a good start. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you're going to the studio with like an album's worth and you have to pick like three or four songs. Um, no, so that and would be hard. You know, we we and I'd like it so that I'd like to have to do ten and go into the studio with six and then write four in the studio because there's something about writing in the studio that uh, you get results that you don't get when you have more time. Uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever toured in the Canada? It's a fucking gorgeous country, man. Yeah, I love Canada. I yeah. love Toronto and Montreal and Vancouver. Yeah, it's so clean, and the scenes out there are incredible. The Toronto scene's nice. I think yeah. it was like one of my favorite, um, one of my favorite tours. We did a weekender up there uh, nice. back in 2015. Um, did you guys? Do you guys normally go up up there often, or like yeah. it just depends? Now on we do. Okay, now cool. we play. Now we play Toronto pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's yeah, New York City, but up north and really clean, yeah. like really, really I clean. Fucking love Toronto. It's gorgeous, dude. It's yeah. gorgeous. The locals say that it's more so of like you know uh, over in uh, New York City, Big Apple kind of thing. I was like, I don't know. I kind of disagree. Yeah. This is nice. No, it's, I like. I love there. Toronto. I love Canada. Yeah, Ottawa. Everything. I've I've um, uh, I've never been outside the country. Besides Canada, regards to like the Eastern Hemisphere, maybe maybe one day. But I, 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 I'm sure. Have you ever toured out there? I've I've never heard of. Uh, We played London. um, That's the only show. But we I've gone to England twice, and I've gone to Paris. I've been to China. Weirdly enough, Um, I've gone to. I've traveled a lot with family and friends, but not specifically for shows. I was gonna say for specifically for shows. Yeah, I mean, because if it was, I was gonna say like. How do you make I played, that? I played. I played Mexico, and I played with Chiotos for very briefly, and we played Mexico. That was my, my first shows with them. Rest in peace. Uh, well, that yeah, <laughs> Chiotos. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, I don't know. I never. I, I don't know. I never. I was always curious. Like, how do you make that decision? Like, what? Like, what comes down to it? Is it the engagement through a website like, say, Spotify? Like, we have. 100,000 listeners in the UK, maybe we should play a one-off show there or a festival there, or maybe the bill's good. Like, I've never um, really had an insight to that at all. Did it's, you guys? It's a little, yeah, it's a little bit of that, but mostly, like, let's just go do this because we don't normally do it. Mm-hmm. With Nova, we wanted to do something, with Nova Christmas specifically, we wanted to do something that we haven't normally done with our other bands. None of our other bands have flown uh, to shows, uh, 
just to do that. Like we flew to five different shows in, across the U.S. in December, uh, just because we were trying to do, challenge ourselves and just to do something that we hadn't already done with our other bands, mm-hmm. uh, which was the goal. Which is continually the goal moving forward with anything I do musically or creatively is just I'm tired of doing the same thing I've already done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by definition, that's not being creative because I've already gone there. Uh, so, and, and that's what I, I'm using that to apply to like the decisions we made. So yeah, Nova was like, let's just do something we haven't already done, which meant flying. And so yeah. we did, we, we picked London cause we're like, that's a major city and we, we want to play out there. And that's where we started Nova Charisma. Um, me and Donnie flew to London to start writing uh, together last January. So mm-hmm. that's where we started. So we're like, we should just we should try to get our start out here and, and start building our band out here in Europe hmm. uh, instead of the U.S., which is what our bands normally do. And we would have <laughs> done more of it, but then this fucking global pandemic happened. So. Yeah, no, this is putting everything to a stop. I mean, there's so many tours that are being postponed, if not canceled, which fucking sucks, dude. Like, and there's nothing you could do. Um, my, one of the tours I was looking forward to was an MCR tour, US tour. It hasn't been canceled or postponed yet, so we'll see what happens. But I really oh, yeah. wanted to go to um, the 10-year anniversary of Blue Sky Noise with Circa. Oh, yeah. And they were oh. ready to go. Um, however, the school started shutting down in Pennsylvania. So they're like, yeah. let's fucking take a step back. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, let's not take that risk. And thank God they didn't because everything got completely shut down. I can't yeah. get a fucking haircut during these times, dude. Like, <laughs> I'm wearing a hat in all of these, like, podcasts that I'm doing. I'm sure people are like, dude, he's probably sweating bullets. I'm like, yeah, but I, I one, I'm not cutting my own hair. Two, I don't want to shave it off. But yeah. I, I can tame this beard. I just don't want to let this, like, yeah. Plus, I'm balding well, a little bit, so it's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm lucky because I, I, no matter how crazy my hair gets, it doesn't bother me. So you kind of got yeah. that like Claudia Sanchez vibe going on, where it's just kind of like touching <laughs> your hair on stage, on your face, on stage and shit. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, his was crazier, or his is crazier. Yeah, dude, his is long and like just curly, like it just. Yeah. He, oh, what's that one guy? Um, it's not the Adams family, is it, or is it? Um, is it cousin it, or is it another? I'm actually not really. I, I know what the Adams family is, but I never watched that show or movie. If it's a movie or a show, I'm not sure which one. I think cousin or, it was like a guy just covered in hair, like he just kind of uh, reminds me of him or whatever. I don't yeah. know. It's just so random. Um, but yeah, he kind of reminds me of that. Um, <laughs> what do you? Uh, so are you like you've been on the West Coast, Midwest your entire life? I'm assuming that's pretty cool. I was. I was born in El Paso, Texas, and then I moved to Las Vegas when I was really little. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then a year ago, I moved to Los Angeles. But I'm, right now, I'm in Las Vegas again uh, because I'm, my whole family lives here. So that's cool. When uh, the tour got canceled, which is the day that it was supposed to start, um, I packed up my stuff and just came to Vegas just because I was like, I something, and I packed up like my whole demo station and was like i'm probably going to be there for a while and sure enough i've been here for almost two months uh and uh just to be closer to family and uh there's significantly less cases here in the in nevada mm-hmm. than there are in in los angeles so uh there's less of a risk of getting in so i've yeah. just been laying low that's basically the whole point just yeah 
You have to. Uh, One, you don't want to contract it. Two, you don't want to put it into somebody. If you do, you don't want to put it in your family's harm's way, like, depending on, like, if they have health issues or not. Um, Like, I've been been quarantined myself for these past two months, started the podcast during this, kind of, like, shed the the light on the industry that I'm mostly invested in. But, dude, like, I see people out there all the time, like, shaking hands or talking. I'm like, well, it's not going to help anything. Let's, can we just, like, be a team? Can we be a fucking team sport here and just stay the hell inside? Like, what the fuck? if I was in California, because if, if I was in the, I live with Donnie, him and I have an apartment out there. And if I was there, I'd be doing the same thing I'm doing here. I just would be away from my family. I wouldn't be able to go out. I wouldn't be able to go do the things that we would want to do um, or, or try to build our careers musically. Um, that's all shut down for now. So um, better to be around family than to be doing the same thing over there and not be able to see them. I'm kind of a little upset because John Howe, our mutual friend, he uh, has his working papers for the United States, but he could basically only work with Fearless. So, because I was trying to yeah. get him for more content, he's like, "Nah, I can't." So I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start like a um, a petition that we have to start getting going around. I would <laughs> love to see him do a Nova Charisma or or even a Royal Coda. Um, yeah, uh, Royal Coda like animated music video, dude. It's so fucking good. Yeah, and Fearless keeps him busy. That's one thing that sucks about being in Vegas is because I, I hang out with John a lot when I'm in, in, in Los Angeles. And mm-hmm. that's one thing I, I tell him all the time. I'm like, dude, I fucking miss hanging out with you. It sucks that we can't hang out right now. Yeah, um, and he's in California yeah. too, which is crazy because he was in the UK yeah. most of his life. So, I mean. I know. But now we hang out. Yeah, I go to, over to his apartment all the time. Him and, He lives with Sam Helene who shoots all the uh, dance cam and dance music videos. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hang out with them all the time, or every chance that I uh, that I get. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's one of the bummers. But we wouldn't be able to do much anyway if we were out there because everything's closed. And um, one of, one of our favorite things to do is go to Malibu, go to the beach, or just go to any go hiking, and all that's closed right now. So we wouldn't be able to do that if we, even if I was in California right now. Yeah, exactly. Just got a house. I've never been to California before, so I mean, Whoa, uh, that's cool. definitely my bucket list. Yeah, when you get a chance, you got to do it. Yeah, I'm going to very soon. I mean, once this is done over with, I'll probably you know take into consideration. Um, yeah. Or if like I don't know, or if the if the band that I'm in starts touring out there, we we were actually going to go out to California um, to record with Bo from Citizen. Uh, oh, unfortunately, nice. that kind of just fell through, dude. Not for, because of the pandemic, but. Just you know, decisions and and our budget. I don't think really applied to it. But he was he was he was really cool with us. Um, yeah. We talked briefly, nothing serious. And uh, he's got a great studio in, in California. California's just, um, uh, dude, it's just it's a gorgeous area. I've never yeah. been out there personally. But if, so you move, so you go back and forth from uh, California to Vegas. Um, yeah. How how does that? I mean, it can't be that far of a drive. Maybe it's like two hours, right? It's three. It's with traffic. It's like four and a half. But if you do it okay. at night. It's like it's through four hours. Um, or Donnie said to, he did it in three three and a half hours during this pandemic because there was no traffic on the road. So is that convenient for you to go out to California like that to, to drive back and forth between there and Vegas with the pro- uh, with the bands? I'm sure it is. Well, I do it for family. So I, I come awesome. back to Vegas because I'm mostly in California now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where I spend. I that I prefer to spend more of my time, uh, and uh, but I, I'm. Really, only come back to Vegas ever, ever since I moved to Los Angeles. I only come back to hang out with my family. That's that's really the only reason. There's nothing here in Vegas uh, for me career-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 
I, I only come back here to visit family. I was going to say also there's slot machines. I didn't think you were going to say, you know, for music, but I was going to say you have slot uh, machines and fucking casinos. Oh, no, I don't gamble anymore either. I don't blame you. Neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers to that. I don't fucking get do that. I mean, we have a couple, um, yeah, you guys have one across area. the bridge, right? No, you guys have one in Philadelphia. I forget what it's yeah, called. Yeah, Sugar House. We have that. And then we have it, yeah. another one up in Bucks County. Or, yeah, in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. It's not too far from Philly. It's called uh, Parks. Yeah, that's like one of the I've been to, if, if that's the casino I'm thinking of, Sugar House, mm-hmm. it's like right near the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. 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 I've been to that a couple times. Yeah. yeah. I just, and I fucking lose every time. Dude, oh my god, it's 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 fucking bullshit, man. They they rig yeah. that shit on purpose. They know they do. Philadelphia is gorgeous. I think I I don't know if you got to venture around Philly for a little bit, but um, yeah, yeah, it's one of those uh, historic you know historic landmark cities. Yeah. I mean, they got a lot going on for them, which is cool. I think that's that brings in the tourism, dude. There's um, oh, I'm gonna forget. I want to get so much shit for this when someone from Philly is listening. Um, there is a park. I wish I could just Google it, but I don't want to because it's just don't take up too much time. But they have yeah. these, dude. It's it's crazy. They have these um these hammocks and trees. They're like mm-hmm. all fucking sewn up and shit. It's gorgeous, and they have these huge LED lights that just come down, and it just kind of like shimmers throughout this whole park. It's fucking gorgeous. Like I think just Philly's nice. just creative. Like that's like yeah. that artsy. Yeah, um, I love Philly. Philly's, Philly. Philly's one of my favorite East Coast cities. <clears throat> Have you hit all of like um, the states for touring for gigs, or do you just pass some of them? Like, like, do you, do you ever play in Kansas? Like, do you just, or do you just pass it? Uh, Kansas. Like, I don't know. Uh, we haven't played Kansas in a long time. Oh, so you did play? Not, yeah, we've played Kansas, but we haven't played in a long time. We played, we played Kansas City, Missouri, all the mm. time. But, um, but yeah, it's been a while since we played the state of Kansas. Yeah, I've never really been out. I mean, we, we when we were touring for Warped Tour, it was, it was Midwest, so we did play in Kansas. We went from Indiana all the way down to Texas for 11 days, which is cool. That was, nice. a, that was a pretty fucking cool experience. Um, what's it called? So do you guys, like, um, before we get out of here, first of all, I want to appreciate you coming on and taking the time. Oh, yeah, thank um, you for having me. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm sure we'll do more in the future. Maybe we'll get you yeah. and John on at the same time. Yeah, um, I'd love like, that. Yeah, let's John- just... Yeah. John brings out a different character in me because he's so I, he's one of the he's truly one of the funniest fucking people I know, and <laughs> and so part of me wants to try to keep up with his level of comedic. I not it's I don't know, but yeah, he he definitely brings out a different character in me because he's he's just so fucking funny. Did you see I, his Instagram that he posted the other day with with the pop? With the Pink Panther uh, theme song, yeah, yeah, yeah. stands behind the corner, dude. Like <laughs> shit, like that fucking makes me die laughing. I'm like, yeah, that's creative yeah. as fuck. Yeah, yeah we'll have to do something like with us too, and then like we'll 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 probably talk about like something else that we're like like I don't know. It, it could be with what we're doing pr- um, uh, presently, or we could just like go into something else. Like and just fucking chill for a minute. Um, yeah. Do, so is there is there anything you uh, for the viewers that are listening, I appreciate everybody joining. There's about 16, 17 of you. This is rad. Thank you, Supreme Leader Tommy. Why well, I can't pronounce that last word. That's cool. It's probably his last name. Um, is there anything that you guys um, are for Nova Charisma, Rural, Rural Coda, whatever? Is there anything you guys uh, want to, if you want to share, like what's going on in the near future um, um, after the quarantine? It, I, there's nothing right now because okay. we can't say. I know. I, oh, that is true. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like we just can't, we don't know when things will be opening back up. So, mm-hmm. 
once things start picking back up, pe- people start playing shows and there's not a second wave or, or there's not more a spike in cases because they uh, ease some of the restrictions, mm-hmm. then, we'll, then we'll know what to start saying. But as soon as we can start saying that we're going to do stuff, we're going to say it. True. But right now there's nothing. So as far as that goes, I would just say thank you for anybody who has streamed or, or listened or bought a vinyl or bought a record or uh, just has supported it in any way. Mm-hmm. So, Congratulations, yeah. man. Nova Nova is uh, killing it with these singles, dude. I love it. Thank you. I love thank it. you. 